Good evening and welcome. Hope you're all well and doing good. We're going to go into a question that I've received several times. People have asked me about this one, particularly in very recent times. It's to do with the end of days. And so those of you who are eschatological uh, into Armageddon and the possibility of the end of days, you might find this really interesting because there's been stuff going around on the internet and various WhatsApp groups and all of various ways that we spread information these days, claiming that we are in the end of days, we are on the verge of a massive war, there's going to be a huge destruction in the world, and this was all predicted. It was actually predicted many, many years ago that this now would happen. To the day, to the, to the year, 2020, this year was predicted as being a year of destruction that would precede the coming of Mashiach. And so people are excited, scared, uh, looking forward to seeing what is going to happen. Is this the destruction that has been long awaited? Is this a good thing, a bad thing? Should we be worried? Should we be packing our bags? Should we be hiding out from the war that is impending? Uh, what what should we do? I'll, I'll tell you basically what this is based on. There, there's, there's a thing going around online that claims that there was a sage called the Chafetz Chaim who lived about 100 years ago. And he predicted 100 years ago that there would be a war in 2020. This is what's being claimed. And this war would be the final war, the final destruction. It will be bigger than any one before. More people will die than any before it. And that will be the end of wars and the ushering in of the coming of Mashiach of the Messianic era. Um, I'll read you uh, an example of something I found online claiming this uh, this event. In the, that it was said in the name of the Chofetz Chaim who said during the First World War that 25 years after it, after the First World War, another war will break out, which will make the first one seem like a child's game. And 75 years after that will come a third war greater than the rest, making the Second World War seem like a child's game. And then the Messiah will come. And just like the Second World War broke out 25 years after the beginning of the First World War, the third one will begin 75 years after the beginning of the Second World War. So, if you, if you work it out, 75 years ago is... Is? What's 75 years ago from 2020? 1945. The end of the Second World War. And so, here a sage 100 years ago predicted that there'll be World War One. He was in World War One. He said 25 years after this will be a bigger war that will make World War One look like nothing. And 75 years after that one will be a third world war which will make the second one look like nothing. And then Mashiach will come. Well, pretty terrifying because uh, we know what happened in the second world war. He, he pr predicted it. He was in the first world war. They didn't know it was the first world war. They didn't call it the first world war. They called it the world war. He said there's going to be another one in 25 years which indeed there was, and it's going to dwarf the first one. 
which indeed it did. The First World War, millions died, but millions more died in the second. And according to this, taken just straight off uh, the internet, 75 years after the second, he predicted there'll be the third, which will dwarf the second one as well. And then Mashiach will come, the Messiah will come after that. So I've heard this going around and I, I wanted to research this and see, is, is this prediction valid? Was it real? Did it say what it's claiming to say? And do we need to take this seriously? Or is it just made up stuff? Anyone can write anything on the internet and quote anybody they want. What is the story behind this? So let me first just give you a little bit of background of the characters being quoted here. The Chofetz Chaim, his name is Rabbi Shromer Kagan, lived 100 years ago. In, he was born in Radin in Poland. He was one of the leading rabbis of the last century. He was an extremely holy man, a great scholar. His works, his writings are studied to this day all around the world, are extremely popular, are accepted as authoritative. Uh, he wrote the Mishnah Brura, which is a halachic work, uh, which is seen as one of the most foundational works in Jewish law. He, he was known as the Chafetz Chaim after his work called the Chafetz Chaim. He wrote a book called the Chafetz Chaim, which, mean, which means he who seeks life. And that was all about the laws of Lashon Hara, of evil talk, of evil speech. He, I think, was one of the sort of the paragons of righteous talking and speaking. And he dedicated much of his life in promoting people to improve their talk, to stop speaking evil talk, gossip, and negatively about people. As Torah law for forbids speaking negatively, not just lying about people, even true stories, but speaking bad about people is forbidden. He wrote books and books, several books, on these laws and promoted it very much. And he himself did not speak negatively about people. He was an extremely holy man, recognized by all as, as very holy. If you, if you look him out on the internet, you can find there's a little video of him from the 1920s. Uh, a little, a little sh shot of him walking to a, a, a rabbinical meeting. And even from there, you see a, a sanctity, a holiness on his face. So if the Chofetz Chaim said something, we have to take it seriously. We can't dismiss it. Uh, he, he, was, he was someone who was for real. He is a Torah source, uh, authentic Torah source uh, of the top notch. So if you're going to quote somebody, quoting him gives it authority. The question is, did he say this? Did he say, did he predict the Second World War and a third war that, that, that is coming now? Is, the, is these actually his words or not? Now, certainly, this is not written in any of his books. If it would be, that would be very easy to look up and to find in his works, in his writings, this, this prediction. It is not. However, doing quite a bit of digging up and research, I have found that this story or something similar has been said from authentic sources. But we need to look at exactly what the Chafetz Chaim said. We have to look very carefully because there are a few alarm bells on just looking when you search and, and find something online or you see something forwarded to you. Sometimes you have to look a bit carefully at the wording. I don't know if you've even noticed, but when I read the original quote, so the timing, he said 25 years from the First World War will be the Second World War, and 75 years from that will be the third one, the big one. Now, the First World War was from 1914 till 1918. 25 years 
after the beginning of the First World War was the beginning of the Second World War, 1939 till 1945. The 75 years, well, when does that go from? The exact quote was that 75 years after that will come a third war. Bit vague, 75 years from what? From the beginning or from the end? Doesn't, doesn't really say all that clearly in this one. Um, so we need to work out what is actually, what, what did he say? But then towards the end of the quote, it says, just like the Second World War broke out 25 years after the beginning of the First World War, the third one will begin 25 years from the beginning of the Second World War. 75 years from the beginning of the Second World War, 1939 takes us to 2014. Well, that happened already. That was quite a few years ago. And what's interesting, what people don't necessarily notice, is that what's being forwarded around as, as a quote from the Chafetz Chaim to say that the World War is starting this year, 2020, 75 years from the Second World War. Well, if you look carefully, that, that quote is actually from 2015. That's, that's when it went around the first time. That 2015 is the time of the Third World War and destruction. Well, thank God that didn't happen. I mean, there's been plenty of wars throughout the years, but the destruction on the on the level of the Second World War, I don't think we've seen that in the last five years. And so now it's going around again. The same quote is going around again, just adjusting the 75 years to make it sound like it's from the end of the Second World War, so it lands on 2020. You've got to be careful with quotes that keep shifting and, and adjusting themselves to fit into the narrative. If it doesn't happen now, so then it means next year or in five years' time. The original quote should have been five years ago. Does this disqualify this entire thing? Well, not yet. Not necessarily. We can't say that. But to say that it's, that it's predicting something from 2020 seems a bit of a stretch. Let's work it out. Let's find out exactly what the Chafetz Chaim did say. What were his words? Can we find this not from somebody just posting it on, on their Facebook page, but can we find a source, people that themselves are reliable, qu quoting what the Chafetz Chaim said? With a little bit of research, yes, we can. We can dig up the quote of the Chafetz Chaim. I'm going to do that for you now. I'm going to find what he really said and work out from that what does it mean for us? So the first thing I want to share with you is something I found from a magazine printed in 1984 called The Jewish Observer. And it was quoting a rabbi at the time who was alive at the time. His name was Rabbi Shimon Schwab. Rabbi Shimon Schwab was himself a great leader uh, in the, uh, the yeshiva world. And he... He was with the Chafetz Chaim in Europe. He was with him. He spent a Shabbos with him in Europe. It was in the year 1930. Um, Rabbi Schwab himself would have been a young man, very young man at the time. And he, he, quote, he talk, tells a story of what he heard and saw at the Chafetz Chaim's Shabbos table in 1930. So listen to this story. The Chafetz Chaim was talking at the table, and he started talking about how generations have gone down, how the spiritual level of generations had, had, had gone down. And he said, what love for Torah the former generations had. People vied with one another to be close to anyone who was involved in Torah study. 
every one of us is obligated to work at bringing people back to the ways of God. That he, he, was, he was bemoaning the state of, of the Jewish community in 1930 and saying how in the previous generations people loved Torah study, respected Torah study, and want to be around it. And we have to try and bring people back to that, a respect for Torah and for, and for, and for deeper meaning. So then continues Rabbi Shimon Schwab, the story, as he's sitting at the table of the Chavetz Chaim, he says, then he said, it's time to bench, to say the grace after meals, the end of the meal. And he started to bench like a simple Jew, saying one word at a time, reading the benching very carefully. I did not see anything special in his manner. He was just, he was just reading the benching. Suddenly, when he reached the words, Rachem, no, please have mercy, God, something happened to him. He cried out the next words, Al Yisrael Amecha, have mercy on your Jewish people. He's, he's asking God, have mercy on your Jewish people. These are words in the benching. But something happened to him after he was just benching normally. Suddenly, he got very emotional and cried out, have mercy on your people, Israel. And then he said, Oi, oi, oi. And then he continued, Al Tzion Mishkan Kvedecha. Have mercy on Zion, the home of your glory. The next part of benching. But he, but he said it with such feeling, passion, as if some, some urgent need for asking for mercy for the Jewish people and for Zion, for, for, for Israel, for Jerusalem. And he continued in this manner, cry, crying out the benching, until he reached the section called Harachamans, where it says the merciful one and it asks God for, for several things, beseeching his mercy. And then he stopped. He stopped the benching. At this point, he said, I see what will be 10 years from now. This is 1930. He said, I see what will be 10 years from now. You don't see, but I do. A great conflagration will burn. This was in the middle of benching. He had some vision. He said, I see what will be. There'll be a big conflagration. He says, and then he said, 12 million is child's play. 12 million is child's play. That's what he said. Rabbi Shimon Schwab, who was a young man, the, the Chavetz Chaim here would be towards the end of his life. He was probably 90, um, close to 90. And Rabbi Shimon Schwab, a young man sitting at his table, sees this happening. So he says, I turned to the person next to me and said, what does he mean? 12 million is child's play? So the person next to me replied, he always talks about this. 12 million is the total of people who were killed in World War I. Well, in, in, in the World War. And so the person who was a regular at the table of Chavez Chaim said he often talks about it. That the 12 million who died in the World War I, that's that's." Child's play compared to what, what's, what's to come. He, ha he had this vision. He had this premonition in the middle of benching. He said, I see it. You don't see it, but I see it. So, Rabbi Shimon Schwab heard this. And he said, that I, can never, I couldn't forget it. For 10 years, I repeated it. I told people. This, it, he, saw, he, saw, he saw it's coming. And we all know that 10 years later, 1939-1940, was when it came true. This is a story written by Rabbi Shimon Schwab, who was an authoritative source himself. 
a first-hand experience that he heard the Chofetz Chaim predict that the Second World War was coming. In, in, in whatever words he said, he, he didn't say maybe here that a war is coming. He, di he didn't specify, but he said a conflagration is coming. It, it's it's going to burn. And the 12 million will be child There will be nothing compared to what's going to be. This is a first-hand uh, account, and that's one that we can certainly accept as being true. There's no mention here about a Third World War at all. But there is mention here that this is something that he talks about often. This was not the only time that he would have said this, because the student says he speaks about this often. So we have here an authoritative account, a real prediction, but it says nothing about a Third World War that we're going into now. So we need to dig further. So I found more. I found more information and I found some, some other sources that are also very authoritative and believable and they give us more detail. Um, there's a story of Rabbi Echanan Wasserman, another one of the great yeshiva leaders of the previous generation. And just before World War II, he was in London. And the Jews of London tried to persuade him to stay there and not to go back to Poland, to his, his home country. He was from Lithuania, Poland, uh, because it was endangering his life. The war was impending. And so it seems that Rochanan said to, to the Jews of London, he said, Jews of London, you think that you'll be spared from the birth pangs of Mashiach? The birth pangs of Mashiach is a, a concept written in the Talmud that just like when a baby is born, the mother goes through birth pangs, pains, excruciating pain, but it's all a part of a birth. So too, the birth of Mashiach takes pains. There are pains. There are, there are, there's an experience of suffering before the great birth of Mashiach coming into the world. And so as the war, Second World War is impending, Rabbi Yochanan Wasserman says, to the Jews of London, what you think we stay in London and you avoid the birth pangs of Mashiach? You think it's only going to be in Poland? That's what he said. And he continued, immediately after World War I, I heard from the Chafetz Chaim, so now he's going back to immediately after World War I, so 1918, I heard, says Rabbi Chaim Vassman, from the Chafetz Chaim, that the war of Goig or Magog will be split into three parts. Let me pause for a moment. Rabbi Chon of Asman here is referring to a war of Goig or Magog. Goig or Magog is a biblical prophecy found in the book of Ezekiel and other places in, in the Tanakh that describes a war that will take place at the end of times, either before or after the coming of Mashiach. It's not exactly clear, but at the end of times, there will be a great war that all the nations will gather against Jerusalem and wage war. And this war will be led by Goig or Magog. Goig is the name of a leader called Goig. He is from the nation called Magog, which biblically is some Middle Eastern nation. And he will gather together all the nations against Jerusalem for a war. And this war will be the end of all wars. And after that will just be Messianic era. Whether this happens immediately after or immediately before Mashiach comes, it's not clear. Not much is clear about this war, even though it's mentioned in Tanakh. Exactly what the nature of the war is, is not specified. Is it against Jerusalem or about Jerusalem? Uh, it's, it's, it's very unclear. 
But this is the war that he's referring to. Says Rabbi Chodron Wasserman that I heard from the Chofetz Chaim immediately after the First World War that the war of Gog and Magog will be split into three parts. The first part is the war we just had. The First World War was the first part of Gog and Magog. The second will be in another 25 to 30 years. So it was a bit of a vaguer statement. In 1918, he's saying 25 to 30 years. And that happened, well, 25 years after the beginning of the First World War was the second. And after that will be the third and final war. And then the redemption, the final redemption. So, Rebbechon Vassman here is, is quoting the Chavetz Chaim that the third war will be then. It doesn't say when. It says there'll be a third war and, that will, and, then, and then the final redemption. The Chavetz Chaim added that in the third war, the entire world will suffer from the birth pangs of Mashiach. The entire world will suffer. And so Rav Elchanan said, Jews of London, you won't be able to escape the birth pangs of Mashiach. It is only that we in Europe will suffer first. And then it'll come here. Now, this, this is a fascinating account. And it was, it was, uh, it was described by um, Rav Eliyahu Lapian, another great yeshiva leader, who heard, heard it. He, he heard it from Rav Elchanan Vassaman. He was in London at the time. And so, so here we have a pretty strong authoritative source that the Chafetz Chaim did predict that there'd be a third war after the Second World War. It doesn't say when it will be. It does not give a date in this account of it. But it does say that he predicted another war. And so that, it was for that reason that Rebel Khanan Wasserman said that I, I'm not going to stay in London and try and avoid the war. I'm going back to Poland because it's going to come to London too eventually. Rebukhan Vassman was, was killed in the war. He did go back. And, uh, and so this story was told by Rebukhan Leo Lapian, who, who heard it from him. And it's in, in more detail... If we actually look in the in the book Reb, Reb, Le, the the Leiv Eliyahu by Rabbi Eliyahu Lafian, we actually have the, the the wording he said. He says that I heard in London from the Holy Rabbi Chanan Vassaman that he said in the name of the Chavetz Chaim that our sages say that the uh, here it says that our sages say that Gogomogo will happen three times, and then after the the. Then, when it was after the First World War, the Chafetz Chaim said that this war, the First World War, was the beginning of Gogomogok. And in another 25 years approximately, this is the, the wording, approximately 25 years, there'll be another World War. And the First World War will be nothing compared to that. And then, there'll be a Third World War. It will be a time of great pain for the Jewish people. But from it, we will be redeemed. And he says further that, that when Revel Khanan Vasiman told this story, he concluded with the words, The clever person at that time will remain silent.
meaning the clever person will remain silent. The only way forward will be acceptance. Acceptance, faith. This is what it is. Just stay silent and keep on going. In other words, Rabbi Hanan actually gave a bit of advice as to how to face these times, and that is not to shout, not to get excited, to stay silent, to stay focused, to do what you need to do, to, to go on your path. So what have we got out of all this? So far, we've got that the Chavetz Chaim predicted the Second World War. He predicted a third war after that. We do not have any authoritative source giving a date or a time for that third war. But it is the war of Gog and Magog, the third part of Gog and Magog, and that will be the end of it, and then Mashiach will come. And the smart person will be silent, will, will accept, will keep their faith, and, and keep focus. So, so, so we have. Now, there's a further source. One more, which I think sheds much more light on, onto this, because... If we just, so far, if we, if we take what we've read until now, do we have reason to be scared? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. We know the history of the Second World War, and now we're being told there'll be a third one. It said clearly that the second one will dwarf the first one, which it did. It was not said here that the third one will dwarf the second one. It didn't say that so clearly. It didn't seem that way. But if there's a need for a third one after the second one, the feeling we get is it's going to be worse. And so if there's going to be, God forbid, a, a third world war worse than the second one, then we have a lot to worry about. We, we, should, we should be very scared. And uh, there's not much comfort in the fact that Rebel Khan and Wasserman was right when he said that it came to... Europe first, it's going to come to London, and the entire world is going to be engulfed in this. There's nowhere to run. So what are we supposed to be doing? Should we be stockpiling weapons? Should we be hiding in bunkers? Should we be running to Israel? What should we be doing now? How should we prepare for this? So I think it's important to share with you another source on this story. Rabbi Sholem Shvadron. Rabbi Sholem Shvadron was known as the great storyteller of Jerusalem uh, in, in the 20th century. And he, as a younger man, was a student of Rabbi Cheskel Levenstein. Rabbi Cheskel Levenstein, these are all leaders of the, of the yeshiva world. And Rabbi Cheskel Levenstein was from Ponovich in Lithuania. And he told the story as he heard it. Uh, that the Chofetz Chaim had, had predicted this series of wars. So this is how it's related by Rabbi Sholem Shvadron, the great storyteller of Jerusalem, another authoritative source. He said that it was during the Great War, as the World War I was, was known as, that many people came to the Chofetz Chaim to ask, is this Gogomogoyk? During the First World War, they said, Chofetz Chaim, is this Gogomogoyk? Is, is, is Mashiach coming? The Holy Chofetz Chaim answered, No. No. After this war, there'll be some years of quiet, and then another great war. 
which will make the first world look like child's game. And then afterwards would be another break, and then a third war, which would make the second world war look like a game. Okay, bad news, guys. We just we just got Reb Shalom Shavadron reporting in the name of Reb Cheska Levenstein, who heard in the name of the Chavetz Chaim that the third war is going to make the second war look like a child's game. There's going to be a little break. Again, we didn't have time. We didn't. We weren't given exact time here. A little break, and then then this is what's going to happen. Oh my goodness! So the people listening to this story, Reb Cheska Levinson is saying to this story to his his students. They heard it. This is after the Second World War. So Reb Shalom Shvadram said, "This was like dropping a bomb on us. Fear and panic gripped us all, like." You're telling us that there's going to be another war that's going to dwarf the Second World War? So Shom Shvadran himself had a, a bit of chutzpah. And he approached Rabbi Levenstein and said, Rabbi, please forgive me for asking this. But why are you telling us such disturbing things? What do we need to hear this for? Shouldn't we be davening now after the Second World War that no, no, such a terrible thing should not happen again? Why are you telling us this? What... what why are you telling us this, like a foregone conclusion there's going to be another war? What, what, what are we supposed to do about that? How are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to breathe? How are we supposed to continue our families knowing that there's impending disaster worse than what we, the Jewish people have already seen? How, how can we even handle such a thing? So Shom Shvadon said that Rabbi Levenstein became inflamed like a fire, like a pillar of fire. And he said, you didn't understand a word I said. You didn't understand a word that the Chafetz Chaim taught. When the Chafetz Chaim said that there's going to be a darkness that's going to descend, a tragedy worse than the one before, he was talking about a spiritual tragedy. The darkness that came down in the First World War, the, the spiritual darkness that came down will be engulfed by the Second. And indeed it was. And the darkness that came down in the Second will be engulfed in the Third, in the next stage. Of course, when there's spiritual darkness, there's also pain and suffering and violence and death. But that's an offshoot. That's not the core. The core of it is when there's a divine concealment in the world and faith is lost, that's when we lose our connection. That's, that's what he was talking about. He wasn't just talking about the human tragedy, the physical tragedy, the loss of life. He was talking about the spiritual darkness that's going to descend. And that's something that we can avert. That's something that we can avoid. That we can fight against. A war starting, there's not much we can do about it. If, if wars are going to start, what can I do? Protest? Join the army? N nothing much I can do to help. But there's something that leads to a war, and that is the spiritual darkness. That is something that we can actually avoid. We can fight against by bringing light to the world. The physical war is just an expression of a spiritual darkness that, that has descended into the world.
And what the Chabetz Chaim was predicting and, and seeing was that darkness. And that's what we have to fight against. This is, this is a fascinating thought. And we have to be very careful with this idea that we just shared. This is not suggesting that the spiritual darkness is causing the death. What it's saying is that a war has two sides, two elements to it. There is the pain and suffering going on in the physical realm. And that is an expression of pain and suffering in the spiritual realm. Meaning that there's a war going on down here, but there's a spiritual war going on up there. And in our, in our soul, there's a battle going on. To understand what this means, and to, and to put all this together, to make sense of it, and to personalize this, to, to say, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to avoid this war? To, to avoid this all happening? I want to share with you words of the Rebbe. Because I, as a Lubavitcher, as a follower of the Rebbe, as, as a, a, a Chabad person, so for me, the bottom line, the last word, the authority for me is the Rebbe. What does the Rebbe have to say about all this? This is not to belittle any of these great sages and leaders, but there's a lot of different opinions here. There's a lot of different expressions here. What's the bottom line for us? What does the Rebbe say about this war of Gog and Magog? And I'll share with you three episodes that I found where the Rebbe addressed Gog and Magog. And I think this will be fascinating for us to apply to our discussion. First of all, in the year 1970, on the last night of Pesach, at his table, at the Rebbe's Yontav table, there was a discussion between him and his brother-in-law, the Rashag, Rishmayor Garari. There's a book that records conversations that the Rebbe had at his Yontav table. There were students and other people who were there present, l listening. They were, they were invited to listen. And they, after Yontav, would write down the conversations. So the Rashag, Rabbi Shmaryo Garari, the Rebbe's brother-in-law, married to the Rebbe's wife's sister, asked the Rebbe about Gogomogog, this war of Gogomogog. When's it going to be? What's it going to be? And the Rebbe answered, people say that it was the First World War and that the year 1914 was a, a year predicted to, to, for that to happen. And that's it. That was the end of the conversation as far as what we, we have recorded. So the Rebbe gave credence to the idea that the Gogomogog War, the First World War was it, and it's passed. But further to that, the Rebbe spoke uh, at a public gathering about Gogomogog, and this was on the festival of Sukkot in the year 1965. And there, the Rebbe quoted the great Arizal, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, the Kabbalist, the Arizal, who said that Gogomogog, the words Gogomogog, referring to the leader and the nation of this this war. The words Gogomog in Hebrew, if you add up the numerical value of those words, it comes to the number 70, which correspond to the 70 nations. As from Noah, after the flood, Noah and his children repopulated the world, and 70 nations 
uh, came out from that family, the 70 nations of the world. Gogomogog has the same numerical value as 70, meaning, says the Rizal, that Gog will be king over all 70 nations of the world, and all of them will come together against Israel. The entire world will come against Israel. So says the Arizal. And he continues to explain, what does that mean? That then, when all the nations come against Israel, there'll be a great salvation. Because in the past, there was one nation that came to attack Israel, and we were saved from that nation, and then another nation came to attack us. And then we're saved from that one, and so on and so forth, and that has been our history. When all the nations come at once to attack Israel, so then we'll be saved from all of them at once. And that will be the final redemption. That will be the end of everything. That will be the greatest news. Because then there'll be the, 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 the gula, the redemption will come. So, so the Rebbe analyzed this teaching of the Rizal and said, is this, is this good news or bad news here? The Harizal saying that all 70 nations, Gogo Mogog doesn't just mean one nation, it means all 70 nations are going to attack Israel and we'll be victorious and that'll be it. Then, then we're finished. There'll, there'll be no nation to come up against us. There'll be no enemies anymore. We'll, we'll all be one. What does that mean? Does that mean there'll be only Jews left and, and all the nations are gone? Surely not. We know from many predictions that the righteous Gentiles will also be a part of the redemption in the future. So, what does this actually mean? That the 70 nations will rise up against Israel, but will conquer them all, and that will be the end of it? So, the Rebbe explains it on a far deeper level, and says that the number 70 here is referring to the seven layers of emotion, seven layers in our character, each one split into ten subsets. The Kabbalists write that our character is made up of seven different emotional faculties. Each one of those can be subdivided into ten subcategories. We won't go into all of them now. But the idea is that each one of us have character. We have different character traits. Our ability to love, our ability to fear, our, our pride in ourselves, our ability to overcome and, and conquer things, the ability to be humble, our ability to connect, our ability for humility, each one of these can be divided up into subsets and, and details. And our mission is to purify our character, to refine our emotions, and to become a better person. This is, this is what we're here in the world to do. And every time you refine an emotion, one level of character, you get lifted to a higher place. The conquering of the 70 nations is not talking, says the Rebbe, about 70 external nations, enemies outside of us. It's talking about the various faculties within us that need to be refined and elevated. The war with the 70 nations means warring with your ugly side within yourself, the enemy within you. This is what you need to conquer. This is what you need to work on. And when you do that, that's what can bring the redemption. As long as we've only dealt with a bit of our personality, a bit of our character, then another issue will come up. As we know that you work on yourself in one area, you improve a little bit, but then there's another area that you fall down in. That's how life is. With the coming of Mashiach, we'll conquer all of our negativity, and then our personality will be elevated, refined, clear,
perfected. And that's when Mashiach can come. And so the Rebbe says that this fight that the Arizal is talking about with the 70 nations is an inner fight that we need to do now. And then the 70 nations won't be enemies anymore. Then, then the world will not be in a state of war. Then Gogomogoy will be conquered, meaning the 70 nations as an enemy, that's gone, that's finished. We're over with that. Then we can finally be at peace and, and, and all will be good. If we do it in a spiritual way, then we can avoid the, the physical issues. So, so that is in keeping very much with what we learned earlier. That the Gogomogog battle, the third battle, is a spiritual battle. We're seeing it today because faith is so on the line. People are questioning and not sure. And there is, there is such uh, impure ideas that have permeated the entire world. It's so easy to give up faith. And it's so hard to keep it. That's the battle today. The battle is to maintain faith in the time that's so difficult and so dark. And that's how we win the war with Gog and Magog. That's the real war. And I just want to end with a final talk that the Rebbe gave on this topic. And this was a fascinating talk that the Rebbe spoke in 1980 on the 14th of Iyar, Pesach Sheni where he spoke about Gogomogog. There's actually a beautiful video with English subtitles. I'll put a link to it uh, later in the comments that you, can, that you can see it, where the Rebbe spoke directly about Gogomogog. And his basic message was that we have nothing to worry about when it comes to Gogomogog. Nothing to worry about because it's, the, there's no war that's going to affect us. The Rebbe many times said, the Holocaust was, it will never be again, God forbid. Such, such horror will not arise again. The Rebbe said that clearly. And in this talk, the Rebbe points out, quoting the Talmud, Tractate Brachas, right at the beginning, where it, it's, there's a teaching of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. The Holy Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said that if you look in the book of Tehillim, the book of Psalms, right at the beginning of Psalms, so... The second chapter of Psalms, Lama Rogshogoyim, is a chapter talking about the war of Gogomogog. And it talks there about the, the, the terrible things, the noise that the, the nations will make attacking uh, the Jewish people. As if it sounds all, all terrible, but it says, Yegorik, but it says it's empty words, it's an empty threat. There's nothing really there. The threat against us is actually emptiness, the threat against faith. Is actually an empty threat. There's no real threat against us. The, the the claims against faith are always just empty faith, empty empty arguments. The 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 claims to try and belittle our faith are just full of hot air. In the next chapter, chapter three, King David, who wrote Psalms, he first writes about the the war of Gog and Magog, calling it Yegorikit's emptiness. In the third chapter, he talks about his son Avshalom. Who rebelled against him and he says how, how much pain do i have about my son who rebelled against me rabbi shimbar yachai points out that when king david describes the war of gog and Magog, he doesn't say how painful it is for me he says it's empty threats when king david describes his son rebelling against him he says that's painful that's where pain is and so rabbi shimbar yachai teaches us that if you want to fight the war 
of Gog and Magog. The war is not against some external enemy. It's to make sure our own families are together and one. To make sure that, the, that, that our faith is strong and handed down to the next generation, that we're not losing it. That's where real pain is. Don't waste your time worrying about some big war at the end of times. The wars have finished. The physical wars have finished. It's the spiritual battles that we need to fight. It's the battle at home to bring light and goodness and brightness and happiness and positivity and faith to our home. That's the battle we need to fight. And as long as we focus on that fight, the other wars will fall away. They fall away to the side. That's, that's, that's not our battle. So, bottom line, the Chafetz Chaim did predict the Second World War. He did say there'll be a third one. But the war he predicted will be a war of faith, of keeping faith. It's an ex- in, in, internal battle that the Rebbe told us is the battle we need to fight. This is what we need to focus on. And when we do that, bring more light into our own hearts, into our own homes, into our own families, into our own, own world. So then that light will be the overwhelming light that will conquer the 70 layers of negativity within us. And that will bring all 70 nations together to worship God, the one God, in Jerusalem, in the Holy Temple. Amen. May be very soon. Thanks for listening.